Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hungry dogs run fast! Welcome in to my dog's favorite podcast, the Dynasty Dogs, brought to you by Win Daily Sports. I am your host for this evening, Michael Anthony, and there is nobody in the co-host seat this evening. It's just going to be I. Rich had some prior engagements. I almost said prior conditions. That is not the case. So it'll just be I talking to myself, hopefully not arguing with myself too much. But uh, let's get right into it. We have a lot to get into tonight. Uh, going to be going over some news, injuries. Uh, the game that was last night, the Bears-Carolina Panthers game. And then we're going to do something a little different that we haven't done just yet. Go into some uh, dynasty buys in regards to uh, a contender buy or a, a future buy a player that we would want to have in the 2024 season and beyond. Because, you know, the 2024 first are great, and there's a lot of talent coming into this class, whether it be quarterbacks, wide receivers, or running back class is not that strong. Nobody's really taken uh, the mantle as running back one just yet. But you can't, you can't, how can I say this? You cannot build around just picks alone. You're going to need some cornerstone pieces, you know, to have on your dynasty rosters because you could have like five or, you know, six first round picks. But if you have no other cornerstone pieces, you're just, you know, you're hoping that these rookies pan out, you know, two to three years from now. You know, you got to have something. You got to have something to add to, uh, to those rookies. And I'm going to give you some players tonight that I think could do that. So let's just start off with the news and injuries. Uh, we have Kyler Murray is officially the starter for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. They will be taking on the Atlanta Falcons this week. Kind of a tough start for Kyler, to be honest with you. Um, coming off that ACL injury and then facing one of the, you know, not the best defense, but a decent defense uh, in the Atlanta Falcons. And um, we'll have to see what he's got. It might take a little bit of... Um, some growing pains for Kyler, some, you know, just getting back into the flow of things. I don't recommend starting him right away in fantasy. It might, you know, maybe in a couple weeks. Uh, he actually could be a good 2024 player as well. I don't have him listed, but that is definitely somebody you could probably buy at this point. He's not going to be super cheap because now people are going to start seeing um, him play 
which is just going to raise his value in general because we didn't see anything and now we're going to be seeing some things. So we'll see what Kyler has to offer, uh, especially we're getting real close to our fantasy playoffs. It's getting to be crunch time a little bit. Uh, the next news we got, Will Levis will remain the starter in Tennessee. I think that is the exact right move for Tennessee right now. Uh, I will be talking a little bit about Will Levis, a little bit of foreshadowing a little later on. Uh, so I'll, I'll leave that for right now. Just some injury news. This came out today. Stefan Diggs was limited in practice uh, with, a, with some back soreness. Could be nothing. Uh, somebody who has some back problems. Uh, this this could be could be an issue. Who knows? Uh, we just have to wait and see. Uh, could be a good sh- uh, shot for Khalil Shakir or uh, Dalton Kincaid, who's really you know stepped up these past few weeks. Love to see it because as I've said on these podcasts and our other podcasts, the Public Transportation Podcast, I am a huge Dalton Kincaid guy, and it's nice for him to you know, really start taking up that uh, second option on that team. Uh, some more injury news. Jamar Chase is going to be questionable while T. Higgins is out for the Cincinnati Bengals. This is uh, not exactly great for a Bengals team that really needs to start putting some more wins together because, uh, you know, they've started to come on as of late, but they really need to keep racking them wins up because they've they kind of started to fall early. So now they're playing catch-up and uh, not the condiment catch up itself in the playoff standings, but they really, they, they need Jamar chase out there. They're They're going to need him. So that's something to watch. Uh, Justin Jefferson's considered day to day. I saw something earlier in this week where they had him as a no real timetable for his injury. Um, so we'll just have to play a wait and see game with him. I do think he does play at some point this year. Uh, it's going to definitely not be this week as it seems. So, you know, uh, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, keep firing them in your lineups, obviously, because both of them are very talented. They, you know, keep firing them off because we don't know when we're going to see Jefferson just yet. Hopefully for our fantasy playoffs, like I mentioned earlier. Damian Pierce is out, man. Damian Pierce has been kind of a disappointment this year. I really thought he was going to be like a very consistent running back and, you know, a little bit of injuries, uh, more of a passing offense than what I guess I expected for um, the Houston Texans right off the bat. Because C.J. Stroud, you know, we've talked about it here, has really um, taken control of that offense. And I don't think anybody really expected this this kind of – jump for Stroud right away. I think we thought maybe, you know, next year, Damian Pierce right now running back four. Well, that's in standards. Let's change that. But uh, I do think CJ Stroud, you know, really progressing as a passer has affected Damian Pierce 44 in PPR, running back 44 in PPR. That's not even better. He isn't really known as a pass catcher, but um, I thought maybe he'd have a few more (laughs) catches than that. But running back 44 in the year, this that has been really a big letdown. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of uh, Damian Pierce on my rosters, but I did think, you know, a rookie quarterback with an improving offensive line, it could be a good year for Pierce. It just hasn't been the case because, like I said, CJ Stroud has really 
uh, a much better passer than anybody expected because we all thought he was going to be good, but not this hot right off the bat. Uh, but, but, but let's see, Josh Downs is questionable. That's, you know, that's a shame because he, again, another player that has really stepped up these past few weeks. Uh, somebody I did like, uh, for the 2023 class, <laughs> I made fun of one of my buddies in one of my rookie drafts. He was taken at the one six and I thought that was a little high. I think he's a very talented player, but I didn't think he was a first round talent, but I digress. Uh, had a very nice year this year. Seem, you know, it seems going to be slowed down a little bit with this injury, but he'll be back. Just a questionable for this week. He should be back next week. And the last one, Daniel Jones, ACL. He is out for the year. This sucks for Giants fans. This sucks for a lot of fantasy dynasty managers because we all thought, including myself, that the trajectory for Daniel Jones was only going to be pointing up because of what we saw last year. I thought Brian Dable was going to was the uh, missing piece that Daniel Jones needed, but in also in all fairness to Daniel Jones, they really haven't like given him anything. Uh, Darren Waller had some nice uh, nice games towards the end before he got hurt. Wondell Robinson finally came back; he's been nice, but they don't have like a true dominant guy, a true dominant one. Saquon Barkley was injured. That offensive line is just a damn turnstile. I think I could get through them. So you can't really blame everything on him. But at the end of the day, it is going to be the quarterbacks, you know, to fall on the sword and the head coaches. And they, you know, they signed into a big deal. But I think I'm going to look it up right here. But I think there is a way out for them in the next year or so. Um, but it is not looking good for Daniel Jones right now. They do have a top 10 pick. So, I mean, they could be in the running for a quarterback. They do have a oh, it's potential out in 2025. So, I mean, they're, they're probably going to have to give him another year. Maybe they draft the quarterback later on. Maybe they move back. Who knows? But, you know, they could definitely do to build, give him some pieces as well as well. You know, drafting a wide receiver, drafting an offensive lineman, especially an offensive lineman. But uh, they they can't blame it all on Daniel Jones, but he looks uh, lost out there, and it's not all on him. But again, QBs fall on the sword. So let's get into last night's game. Bears win 16-13 over the Carolina Panthers. Improving, believe it or not, even while winning this game, improving their draft stock. Because they have the first of the Carolina Panthers. So they beat the Carolina Panthers and <laughs> improved their draft stock. Ain't that great? Uh, Tyson Badgett, 20-33, 162, no touchdowns. To be honest, guys, I don't really think Tyson Badgett's more than a backup in this league. Um, I don't think that's out of out of pocket to say, but... I saw a lot of people on Twitter and everything like that saying is like, is he better than Justin Fields? I don't think that's even remotely close. I think it's Justin Fields way over Tyson Badgett, but I do think he's a serviceable backup, but he, I, he did not look great last night. Uh, that defense ain't great in Carolina. So we expected a little bit more from him, but, um, 
he just he doesn't really have the arm talent. He doesn't really have um, the perfect accuracy or to put the ball right on the money. He, he throws the ball a lot in some dangerous situations. So uh, it's not going to really keep you a job, even though he didn't really have any INTs last night. Some of the plays, <laughs> some of the passes I saw were very interceptable passes. Um, Deontay Foreman, my goodness, I started him. But 21 of 80, one TD. Cole Komet, five for 45. Cole Komet's been a... Uh, has really turned it on here uh, as of late. Uh, he seems to be a favorite target of Tyson Badgett. But, you know, let's see, let's see him continue this. He is a very big target. I believe he's about 6'6". So Komet was somebody I liked coming into this year's... Oh, no, last year. I really liked Komet last year, and he really let me down, so I kind of stayed away from him. But he has been a very consistent tight end this year. Um, has been better than absolutely. This offense has looked a little bit better with the uh, emergence of um, DJ Moore and all and stuff like that. Let's see where Komet is right now in regards to fantasy standings. But he is tight end five on the year, so very good, very good. Panther side of the ball, Bryce Young, very eh, game. 21 of 38, 185 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Adam Thielen, 6 of 42. And Chuba, he had, they had no help on the running game. Chuba Hubbard, 9 of 23. Miles Sanders, two rushes, negative five yards. Damn, was I wrong about Miles Sanders. I really thought him going to Frank Reich and Deuce Staley, he would really flourish in that offense. You know. He looked really good here last year um, in Philadelphia. Not here, not in my room where I'm recording this, but here in Philadelphia, um, I really thought that this would have been a good spot for him. It's really not. He, he's been a little banged up, but he's also been outproduced by Chuba Hubbard, and that's not good for <laughs> Miles Sanders' fantasy owners at all. I do think he's probably, I think his career is pretty much done i don't think i don't think he's going to turn it around unfortunately but uh back to bryce young this has really been kind of a tougher year for him as the 101 in the nfl draft um i i I really think again this is another team that didn't do him much favors in regards to drafting out or you know free agency outside of adam thielen who's been a very pleasant uh emergence but Jonathan Mingo is not good uh, to me. He's very, you know, he's very raw. Maybe he could turn it around, but I just don't see it. I didn't see the draft pick when they took him. I don't know what they saw. You know, when I watched him, I saw, you know, a, a big physical wide receiver who didn't really have too much to write home about. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't jump off the tape for me to be a second round pick. Um, but you know, that's why I'm not paid the big bucks and the Carolina Panthers ownership is, but you know, Bryce young, still young. I'm not out yet. I wasn't the biggest Bryce young fan coming into this draft. Um, but again, I really thought he could be good with Frank Reich. Frank Reich usually does pretty well with quarterbacks. Um, 
so far, not yet, but, you know, give him some time, give him some more weapons. Uh, you know, maybe they can start to uh, put something together there in Carolina because it ain't looking too great right now. I saw something on Twitter earlier today that Panthers fans are planning a march uh, to protest the way the team has been playing. And I don't know really what they expected, you know, to be the number one overall pick last year. Well, they traded up to get it, but they've still the number one overall pick last year. So I don't understand what they thought was really going to be, you know, I don't think anybody thought of that, uh, thought of them as a playoff team or anything like that. And if they are, that's surprising. Um, But I get maybe they could be frustrated that they don't have their own first round pick to, you know, help Bryce Young. That could be, that could be something that's frustrating. Um, but again, time will tell. It's his first year as an NFL quarterback. Not every quarterback comes out hot, you know, like a CJ Stroud. Not every quarterback has the athletic profile of uh, Anthony Richardson. Not every quarterback <laughs> shocks the world like Will Levis has so far because there were a lot of Will Levis haters out there coming into the draft. Um, so just give Bryce Young some time. I think he's going to be a very serviceable quarterback. I think he's a a decent fantasy option, like a quarterback too, uh, for super flex purposes. So we just have to wait and see. So let's get into some dynasty buys for uh, competitive teams. I got a couple players here that are for competitive purposes and some for uh, rebuild purposes. Because like I said earlier, it's great to have all of these first-round picks. It's great to have all these second-round picks. But those are a lottery ticket. Those are, you know, hopeful. Those are, you're hoping that this player turns out to be, you know, a stud. But there are players in this league that are already very extremely talented, very, you know, uh, consistent wide receiver twos that are good to have on your rosters to help start building your team. You need building blocks. I guess I should have just said friggin' building blocks is what you need. And those players are what helps you get to that rebuild faster. Whether, you know, they stay on your roster or those players end up being, you know, trade bait down the line to get um, better players. So who knows? But for contending purposes, I have here Isaiah Pacheco. So far, he is eighth in rushing in the on the league in the league. 124 carries, 525 yards, 4.2 yards a carry, three TDs. Doesn't do much in the way of receiving. 24 receptions, 160 yards, one TD. Uh, I believe his uh, depth of target was like 1.5, which is a yard and a half. So mostly dump offs, mostly, you know, he's right in front of the quarterback. Patrick Mahomes dumps it off to him. But uh, running back nine on the year so far. Um, The reason I call him a contender or a contender by, yes, is not only these stats that have looked good, he's got from week 12 to 18. So I'm skipping week 11 because that's against the Philadelphia Eagles. Might be a little bit of tough sledding for him. But week 12 to 18, so normally most fantasy leagues, you know, your playoffs are roughly week 15 to week 18. So 
those five out of seven of those games are teams that have given up the top half of the rushing yard, top half rushing yards in the league. So um, defenses that have given up, you know, one through 16, uh, five of them, five of these next seven are in that one to 16 range. He's got Las Vegas, Green Bay, Buffalo, New England, Las Vegas again, Cincinnati. So you meant, I mentioned Las Vegas in there twice. Las Vegas has given up the most rushing yards in the league, and he gets them two times uh, during this playoff push and playoff time. So that is something that I'm not looking past. That That's not something that um, I'm not buying because I want those favorable matchups in my playoff push, in my playoff uh, hopes. Not only that, Cincinnati is uh, second, and Buffalo is third in yards per carry. So Cincinnati has given up five per yard, five yards per carry, and Buffalo has given up four point nine yards a carry. So that's second and third in the league, and that's another that's another two games right there. So that's four games I just gave you that are favorable matchups for Isaiah Pacheco. And again, Isaiah Pacheco is the running back one on that team. And, you know, I'm not the biggest Pacheco guy. Um, I think he's a very serviceable running back, but he was a seventh round pick. So, you know, his, his uh, leverage of being the future of that team is very limited because they don't have a lot of draft stock put into him. They don't, um, we'll have to see. It's a wait and see, but as a contender buy, I think he's great. I think he's great for this year. Um, if you were to tell me what would I give up, you would probably have to give up like a late. If you're consent contending, your your pick should be considered late. I'd probably have to give up a late 24 first for Isaiah Pacheco, which is not sexy, you know, by any means. But if you want the title, if you want the bragging rights, if you want you know, to just talk shit on your friends and have that, you know, title or cash in your bank account, you're going to need these players. You're going to need the Isaiah Pacheco's. Um, part of the reason I really am not the biggest fan of Pacheco is because he doesn't really offer that PPR upside. But even being running back nine on the year without that is pretty damn good. He's a very hard runner, um, one-cut runner. Sometimes it looks like he's running in mud, but he gets the job done. And that's what we need, right? That's what we hope for. Especially towards, again, these fantasy playoffs are coming, man. You know, yeah, it's time to start thinking. It's time to start buying. It's time to start selling. Um, another dynasty contender buy, or in general, fantasy buy. But, you know, this is mostly for dynasty purposes. I really like Hollywood Brown. Wide receiver, 20 on the year, uh, 42 catches, 440 yards, four touchdowns. What I really like, and I mentioned him earlier, is Kyler Murray's coming back. And Kyler Murray and Hollywood, or Marquise Brown, have been a very good tandem. They were a very good tandem last year before Kyler got hurt um, late in December last year. So... Um, with Kyler at the helm, 
He has 53 receptions, 80 targets, 70.6 yards average, and 565 yards total with three TDs. That's pretty damn good, you know, for only a, uh, I believe it was seven games for Kyler and Marquise Brown. Uh, I thought I had that written down here. I did not. Um, Not very dynasty dog of me to not have that information um, handy, but it is two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight games with Kyler at the helm, but 70.6 yards. Average is nice and a, essentially a 10 targets per game ratio. And that's or average is very nice. Um, he also two games in the fantasy playoffs during our fantasy playoffs. He has Philadelphia and Chicago, and you cannot get much worse secondaries right now than the Philadelphia Eagles and the Chicago Bears. Um, I think Kyler is going to go to his familiar target, especially since he's been out. He's going to go to what's familiar to him, which is, you know, the Hollywood Brown. Um, Like I said, somebody he had a uh, feeling for last year. I don't think I gave you uh, Hollywood Brown stats. 42 receptions, 440 yards, four TDs on the year. Very solid year for Hollywood, even with, you know, the new quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, Joshua Dobbs, who was the you know co- uh, quarterback for the Cardinals, he you know he's looked pretty good. Um, I think Kyler only elevates that, and I do think, like I said, this is a contender buy. But Hollywood is still very young. He could you know he could help you in the, in the next couple of years too. So you can consider this a contender and or a um, a uh, rebuild buy. If you were to tell me I could, if I'm a contender and I have Jahan Dotson on my team, I think I would trade Hollywood Brown for him straight up. That might be a little spicy. I know there's a lot of Jahan Dotson love out there. And Jahan Dotson's turned it up a little bit since the, you know, these past few weeks, uh, since Curtis Samuel's been out. But, you know, Curtis Samuel's coming back. But uh, I do think. I prefer the consistency of a Hollywood Brown, especially with Kyler, than I do a um, Jahan Dotson. I think I think that the floor is safer for Hollywood Brown. Would I give up a late 24 first for Hollywood Brown? Maybe. Maybe two seconds would be would feel a little bit better. But again, this is all about winning. This is all about taking the title home. And I, you know, I think I think he could even be, you know, a nice option for the next few years. But I really, like I said, I really like the two matchups during the playoffs. I've really liked that Kyler's coming back. You know, 10 targets a game, nothing to sneeze at. It's very consistent. And we'll see. You know, we'll see what the Arizona Arizona Cardinals look like, and even in the future, you know, Arizona is definitely going to be in the uh, the room for a wide receiver next year. But I think Hollywood Brown could be a very nice wide receiver too there, and he's already got the like I said connection with Murray. So, um, you know, that's something I would look forward to. 
Next one I got, this one is for a rebuilding purpose, especially if you need quarterback help. I've mentioned him here a few times. I mentioned him here a little bit earlier. Will Levis. Again, name the starter going forward, and I don't think he loses that job in 2024. I don't think Tennessee goes to the quarterback, you know, well again in the draft because the past two years they've done it. They took Will Levis, and then they took Malik Willis the year before. Um, you know, he's played well enough to me to keep that job, to be a dynasty buy. Um, against Atlanta, this was the big game, obviously. 19-29, uh, 65.5 completion percentage, 238 yards, four TDs. And then against Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, we'll talk about that a little bit. 22-39, 56.4 completion percentage, 262 yards, zero TDs, one INT. You know, the stats on that Pittsburgh game don't really jump out to you, right? They don't really jump out to anybody. No touchdowns, no interception. Eh, you know, that's not great. But if you watch the game, that offensive line was just absolutely getting decimated. He's making some very impressive plays. He had uh, the unfortunate play where Traylon Burks got hurt. Um, was just a beautiful throw down the sideline in between you know, two defenders. It was a great throw. Fortunately, Traylon couldn't come down with it. But that's the arm talent that he has to make those throws, to put that ball up there that you know DeAndre Hopkins loves, that hopefully when Traylon Burks comes back, um, will benefit from. But I really like Tannehill. Uh, whoa, I almost said Tannehill. I don't like Tannehill. Um, what I was going to say is Tannehill is going to be a free agent next year. I don't think they re-sign him. I think he goes on uh, to somewhere else and signs there. Um, I think Will Levis is the future of the Tennessee Titans. And I'm basing that off of two games. And Rich, when Rich is here, he'll, he'll, he'll yell up and down about, you know, how can you tell that off two games? He's re- Oh, he's really impressed you off two games? Yeah. Yeah, man, he's really impressed me. And, you know, this is somebody I actually root for because, you know, this dude was just getting absolutely shit on um, pre-draft and during the draft. Uh, I saw the raw talent that he had, you know, at Kentucky. It, he wasn't a finished product by any means. A lot of these quarterbacks coming in weren't really finished products, and he was mostly getting shit on for it. Um, but I, if you were to redraft the 2023 rookie draft. Where I'm just thinking, I'm I'm letting you guys think about this out in the podcast realm. Where if you're listening to this, if you were to repick that 2023 rookie draft, where would you take Will Levis? Would you take him over Bryce Young? You know, in super flex drafts, he was you know a back end back end first, uh, an early second. Would you would you take him over Bryce? I don't know. It's starting to, I'm starting to think, you know, I, I'm starting to think I might take him over Bryce Young. Starting to think so. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm not completely out on Bryce, but I feel like I've seen more from Will Levis in two games that I've seen out of Bryce in nine. So call that a little foolhardy, call that a little bit of, uh, you know, mayonnaise colored glasses, but uh, that sounded weird. Whatever. Um, but I, I think I would take Will Levis over Bryce Young right now. Um, 
So let's just think about what you would have to give up for Will Levis. I actually looked this one up. There was a trade recently where it was Rasheed Rice and Will Levis for a 2024 third and a 2025 first. Yeah, I'm doing that. I'm absolutely doing that. To be honest with you, I would probably give up more than a little, uh, more than a first for just Will Levis himself. Not like, you know, astronomical prices, but we're talking about a quarterback in a super flex league. And those are valuable. Even the QB2s um, are valuable because they give you more than, you know, a lot of uh, dynasty or other fantasy pl- uh, options. So I would be willing to give up a little bit more than a first for Wills. But so I'm getting Rasheed Rice and Levis for a first and a third. I'm absolutely taking that. Absolutely. I think Rasheed Rice has looked very nice so far. And I think Will Levis has looked really nice so far. So getting both those players for almost what I would pay for Will Levis. Yeah, I'm taking that. Taking that in a heartbeat. Um, The next one I have, and this, again, could either be a contender buy or a a rebuild buy. Uh, I'm kind of leaning more of a rebuild buy because I'm interested to see what happens with this player in the 2024 season because he is a free agent. It's Michael Pittman. Wide receiver, 11 on the year, 58 receptions, 593 yards, three TDs. Like I said, he will be a free agent next year. Will he re-sign with the Colts? Will he end up on a team like the Giants we mentioned earlier? Will he end up in Arizona? Will he end up uh, just trying to think of teams off the top of my head that need a wide receiver? Um, you know, there's a bunch of teams out there. There's a you know a, couple, a bunch of different teams that could use a guy like Michael Pittman, a very consistent um, vertical threat that knows how to go up and get it. And those are those kind of wide receivers I've always enjoyed, like the Alshon Jeffries of the world. The and that's who Michael Pittman reminds me a lot of. Uh, I kind of like <laughs> comp him to a basketball player who's very skilled at rebounding. Just go up, grab it. That's who Michael Pittman is. And there is, I love that. Because as a former basketball guy myself, uh, that's something I enjoy. Um, but let's 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 talk about what you know. If he were to stay with the Colts, what are we looking at? You know, with the four games in Anthony Richardson and those four games, Anthony Richardson didn't finish all the way through. Some of them were um, he left mid game, so he had twenty two uh, twenty two receptions, thirty five targets, two hundred twenty yards, one TD. It was definitely another connection that I really liked in Michael Pittman and Anthony Richardson. And I think if they keep him, that connection continues because we've all can see the big live arm that Anthony Richardson has. And to be honest, I was a little conflicted on what to do with Michael Pittman coming into this year uh, just because of, you know, I saw the big arm that Anthony Richardson had, but I thought it might have taken him a little you know, a little bit of time to build that connection with Michael Pittman, but he seemed to, you know, he seemed to, uh, he seemed to kind of, you know, shock, shock me a little bit, you know, wide receiver 11 on the year, that's wide receiver one. And he's doing it with a banged up Anthony Richardson, Gardner Minshew, which, okay, serviceable backup, but like even to be in wide receiver one numbers with both of those, you know, options at quarterback, very nice. Um, I do, I do think he ends up staying in Indianapolis. I would 
you know, for Anthony Richardson's sake, I hope he stays in Indianapolis. But who knows? Because they're another team that's going to need wide receivers. They're going to need another one, most likely outside of Pittman and Downs. But, you know, if he is offered better money in a better spot, maybe he goes somewhere else. That's why um, I'm not sure what he's going to do, to be honest. But I consider him... A nice, you know, if you're if you're looking at your team, and he's a nice rebuild piece, was I going to say. Um, if you're looking at your team and it's older, you have a guy like Devontae Adams on your team, you don't think you're going to win. Would I trade Devontae Adams for Michael Pittman? Yes, I would. Michael Pittman's still only 26 years old. You know, Devontae Adams in his 30s. I'm pretty sure you're, you're going to probably end up around the same uh, fantasy points in the next couple years between the two. You know, Adams is going to get older. Pittman's going to hope, you know, be in a good situation again next year, whether with Anthony Richardson or hopefully in another good situation with another quarterback. So I would trade Devontae Adams for Michael, uh, for Michael Pittman if I had an older team that I wanted to start looking towards the future. Um, well, something I just put out, on Twitter a few minutes ago, and I want you guys to think about if you're listening, who would you rather have going forward in Dynasty? Chris Olave or Michael Pittman? Now, I've said here before when we did our wide receiver rankings a few weeks ago that he was my Olave, was my wide receiver 13. Uh, that is so, you know, he's moved back a bit for me. Uh, I don't have that number right in front of me. But he's moved back a bit. And I think going forward, and this might be a little bit of a hot take, I think that they're going to give you very similar numbers going forward, Olave and Michael Pittman. I think uh, a lot of rankings right now have Olave has, you know, as a uh, wide receiver one to an early wide receiver two. And I think a lot of ranking, or I've seen a lot of rankings that have Pittman as a mid to late wide receiver too. But I could see next year, both of those players being very, very close because, you know, what Michael Pittman has done with the quarterback play, you know, with an injured Anthony Richardson with Gardner Minshew has been very impressive. Um, And I really thought that Derek Carr was going to elevate Chris Olave. It just hasn't been the case just yet. So even if I'm a rebuilder and Chris Olave's on my roster, if I could get Michael Pittman plus, you know, Michael Pittman plus or like a draft pick, I think you could probably get a second, like a late second on top of Michael Pittman for Chris Olave. I'd probably do it, to be honest with you. Because at the end of the day, like I said, I think they're going to give you the same numbers. I think they're going to give you uh, wide receiver two numbers. And I'm almost willing to bet that Michael Pittman's a little bit more consistent, like a consistent wide receiver two than Chris Olave is. So I would honestly get Pittman plus for Olave right now, even as a rebuilder. I think that's a good move. And I think that's a move that could definitely happen because there are some people, you know, including myself um, coming into this year that, Olave was a little overvalued. And I think 
maybe hopefully he hasn't hit his ceiling, but who knows? But we know what Michael Pittman is. We know that he's a consistent wide receiver too. Um, So we'll see. Um, Another, you know, thing you could do is a late 24 first for Michael Pittman. That's easy. If you, especially if you have um, a multiple first round picks, you know, in 2024, 2025, think of 2025, probably somebody might even do. Um, I think if you have multiples, obviously if you only have one and you're a rebuilder, I wouldn't do it. But if you have multiples, like some, there's some people out there who have like four or five, uh, 2024 first, a couple 2025s, you know, maybe throw one Michael Pittman's way, maybe throw one to the Michael Pittman, uh, dynasty owner's way. Maybe you could have, you know, maybe it'll get it done. I think it will. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with Pittman in the future, whether he's with the Indianapolis Colts or another team. So a little bit of a shorter episode tonight. That is going to be it. Um, You know, make sure you follow myself at Dynasty Dog Mike on Twitter and Rich at Dynasty Dog Rich on Twitter. And make sure you follow Win Daily. Uh, They're dropping... uh, Great information all the time on Twitter. They are at Windaily Sports on Twitter. So make sure you're following. Make sure you're subscribing to the Windaily website. Uh, make sure you're getting into the Discord because I am trying. <laughs> I'm trying my damnedest to get into Discord a little bit more. Be a little bit more frequent in the Discord. You know, drop your questions in there. You know, drop your questions on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. I'm a little bit of a Twitter deviant at this point. Um, you know, I'm always, I always love talking dynasty, uh, or even just fantasy in general, you know, shoot over a question myself or Rich will be happy to answer. And there's plenty of win daily, uh, writers and win daily, um, uh, uh, content makers that would also be happy to answer any single one of your questions. Um, so again, Make sure you're following, make sure you're subscribing and make sure you're checking us out every week. We're putting out an episode every week. So again, this is Dynasty Dog Mike signing out for the evening. I'll see you guys next week.